going to be learning about Austria and Austria is over there by um, in the central part of Europe most people know where um, it's Vienna you know the city of romance is right there and one of the cool things about Vienna is that many 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 decades ago um, there were some aging missionaries who, who founded the Vienna Christian Center, and it's a huge international church that has multiple services all weekend long in multiple different languages. And in fact, the missionary couple who founded it eventually became the um, people, they just retired this year from being over all aging missionaries worldwide. Um, they were quite a couple. Um, well, they still are, but they have retired now. But BGMC has helped in many ways for um, evangelistic camps at the Vienna Christian Center and kids stuff and air conditioning units. And um, they do what they call a kids club there in um, Austria and winter retreats and all kinds of stuff for kids for the international kids camp and then they have something called the puzzle which is an evangelism outreach for kids where it's they're all dressed up like puzzle pieces and you have to connect it together and so they have um, a really big <laughs> kids ministry there so we are um, happy to partner with many people worldwide and I encourage y'all 
not just to give to BGMC, but to give into the missions fund of this church, where we partner with people, the people, and pray for our missionaries we partner with. Because it's not just about finances, it's also about protecting them by covering them with prayer, so that, because you never know what might be going on in their part of the world. And the ones on this wall, I encourage you to go by after service, look at who we partner with. So the ones on this wall are our U.S. missionaries either locally here in Oklahoma or around the U.S. And the ones over here are the world missionaries who are all over the world in various countries. And our partnership with them is how we do the Great Commission because most of y'all may not ever go to India or Russia or El Salvador or even to Mexico. But they're there and they're living there far away from home and family their home here and family in order to spread the kingdom of God. And our part is to partner with them and support them so they can stay there because they have to eat and have cars and do all the stuff just like we do. And so it's important. And they're not, I don't know if most people know, but they're not, even the ones that have a business reason for being there, they're not allowed to have jobs overseas, not even the wives. And so most countries won't allow it, and the AG doesn't allow it, because they're there to do ministry, not to just do a regular secular job. And so their support to feed their kids and school their kids, to do the ministry, all comes from people who partner with them. And that's us. That's part of us. It's part of the, the job of the church to partner with them. So I encourage you to pray for these people, get to know their names and pictures up on the wall, and to pray for them and to give into the missions program of this church. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to partner with you and with BGMC, Lord, helping with the kids' ministry around the world, as well as partnering with the missionaries that are up on our wall out there, Lord, the ones that we partner with in order to spread your gospel, your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Thank you for those opportunities that you give us to fulfill your great commission here in Oklahoma. In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all come on. supporting the BGMC, which is another form of missions, which we are desperately trying to improve our impact on. So keep that in mind, missions giving and all the pictures around. Um, now, the important stuff. Not that missions is not important, but... Okay, I want to start off 
Brother Jared's dad is here with us today. He's from West Virginia. So I'm going to give a great big shout out to the West Virginia Mountaineers. Hey, we don't, we don't have that opportunity very often, so we're, we're going to take it, okay? <laughs> okay, and our, our pastor's team, we're not going to say who that was, but they lost. So our condolences go to him. Go to him. Uh, they played a good game. And I'm talking about Colorado. They played a good game. And then, of course, we're... I really think it was because they were going to talk about OU. Check, check. I wasn't going to talk about them because when I do, then they talk about my Texas team. So we just kind of have a, a negative effect here. Nobody talks about anybody. Okay. Um, November 18th at 8.30 in the Fellowship Hall, we're having a men's breakfast, and we always have Bible study with that. So you guys come and eat a free breakfast. The last time we had one, the ladies came and ate with us, and I hope that they enjoyed it, and I hope that they will spread the word around. And nothing set in stone yet. Uh, the weather's going to get bad, so we may be looking at maybe trying to do that again next spring when the weather warms up again. Or, you know, uh, if the ladies are interested in doing that again, well, we're going to try to do that with them again. I think they all had a great time. Uh, November 4th in the Fellowship Hall. That's just our regular Bible study meeting. We have donuts and we have coffee and good time studying the Bible and fellowship. Okay, um, for everybody that knows, tonight we're having Pastor Appreciation Night back in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, we've got cake and punch, and I don't know if we have ice cream or not. Some, some, somebody else have to tell me that, but they didn't tell me that. It's so, okay. All right, but anyhow, so y'all show up for Pastor Appreciation Night, okay? This is, this is when we show him and his family how much we love them for all that they've done for us and for all the time and effort that they put into our church. Um, if you have something you want to give him, I would encourage you to give it tonight when you come in tonight or put it in an envelope and mark it so that we can keep it separate from the offering, okay? Um, Tuesday night, or Tuesday, not Tuesday night, but Tuesday, um, trunk or treat. Bring your kids, bring your grandkids, bring your neighbor's kids. Come and be a kid yourself. Dress up. My 21-year-old granddaughter dressed up as a cow. So, and then she dressed her baby up as a calf. <laughs> go, go figure. I mean, it's been years since I've done that, but hey, if, you're, if you want to do that, do it and have a good time. Okay. Um, October, no, November the 12th. I'm going to go ahead and start this. I'm not going to give very many November announcements, but the 12th is our Thanksgiving dinner, and that's not too far off, okay? And we have stuff going on in December. We're not going to start those announcements yet because they're a little bit far off, but I do want to bring up one announcement. pastor asked me to announce that everybody that is in a ministry, whether it's men's ministry, kids' ministry, youth, or whatever, that he likes to get a report once a year so that he can present that at our annual business meeting in January. So if you have a ministry that you're doing, if it's just sitting on the, on the chair and calling people and you're getting 
uh, phone name, numbers and get stuff out there, call and, and do that, but give him a report on what you're doing so that we'll have an idea of what we're doing in the church. And then that way, if we know what's going on in the church, we can help if you need help. If you're doing a ministry and nobody knows about it, let us know so that we, we're available for help. And, and we're available to, to help you do whatever you need to do. That's, that's what ministry is, is to help people in their needs, okay? Um, you get anything you want to? Okay. Here comes the man right here. Thank you. I was going to tell him he should dress up as an old bull. <laughs> Can't you see my horse? <laughs> well, he is a Texas Longhorn fan, so <laughs> I'm sorry I had to go there. We won. <laughs> He had to make sure that they, they, they did win. Um, November 12th, and, and I'm saying this now because it, it it's going to be a surprise, but we want to honor Alan and Faith that day. So if you want to bring something for them and just bless them for the time. You understand that they're, they're, they got a house and they're going to be closing on it on the 17th and we want to bless them and they're moving up with grandkids. So um, just a heads up on that. And then two, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and it's not in the bulletin yet. I'm going to get with Christy. That Sunday night, we're not going to have service or that Wednesday. And here's why. Family, right? We're going to be with family. So that's why I've done that. But uh, that's all I have for announcements. Do you have anything else? What are you going to tell me I have to dress up as? <laughs> I guess a buffalo. <laughs> Since you're Colorado fan. I don't know. Okay, I do have something else, unless you don't want to take an offering. No, I'll take it, but you said, do I have anything else? Okay, guys, come on, let's take an offering. friend and brother David to say the offering over the prayer if he doesn't mind. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to bring tithes and offerings to you, another way of worshiping you. I pray that these tithes and offerings will be spread out like the fish and the bread and, uh, for the thousands of people. Give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all get ready to worship because here comes Julie. Woo! I missed you guys. I guess before we start and I forget, just keep playing. I want to thank you guys for mostly all your prayers, for your calls and your text, for feeding my husband while I could, and we appreciate you for the food. I just love you guys. I just want to thank you publicly. Okay, now we're going to worship because I've missed it so much. Father God, I'm so thankful to be in this house, God, with believers. Father, we ask this morning that the Holy Spirit would just flood this place with His presence, God. Father, we thank you for all of those that are here this morning, for all of those that are represented this morning. Father, just have your way in this service in Jesus' name. Amen.
the Lord God Almighty reigns. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. We forever sing your holy, holy, 
Doesn't change who you are or what you deserve. I give you my worship, for you still deserve it. Jesus, you're worthy of my 
for a minute. We're going to listen for his voice this morning. We're going to be aware of his presence. We're just going to take a few minutes just to bask in his glory. Father, we thank you this morning for being here, God, when we walk through the doors, God. I thank you this morning, God, that every need is being met, God, that provisions are being made that you are lighting the way, God, for those that don't see the light. Father, we pray over every family here, God. Father, we pray that every burden would be laid down at your feet this morning, God. Thank you, Jesus. Just have your way, Father.
golden rainbows of living color, flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder, blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be to you. I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. to 
more time real softly. Isaiah chapter 6 keeps coming to my mind. You know, he, it said that he saw the Lord seated on his throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. And it said that uh, he saw the angels surrounding the throne, circling the throne, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And it says the angel took a coal from the fire and touched his lips because his lips were unclean and it made him clean and the word that he said was woe is me woe is me a man of unclean lips but when God touched his lips he was clean whom the son has set free is free indeed you are free this morning if you know Jesus you're free I feel like we're just right on the edge. Let's sing that one more time. But in freedom, raise your hands to Him. Tell Him how great and mighty He is. That He deserves the glory. That He deserves the honor. That He is holy and mighty and awesome because of what He did on the cross for you and I. Give Him praise this morning. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With whole creation I sing praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will
with all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you.
Father, we thank you for that word this morning. As a reminder to all of us that not only are you God, but when you live inside of us, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And where we go, you go. Where we set our foot, you set your foot. Who we pray for, you're praying for. So, Father, use us as your hands and feet. Use us for your glory, not ours. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Um, where is the clicker? <laughs> I think we lost my clicker. <laughs> All right, well, good morning. And dismiss the kids at this time. I think they just reminded me of that. I don't know. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Kara. Appreciate it. I want to, you know, I know this is Pastor Appreciation Day, but I want to recognize everybody else that does the work in the church here. We're a team. So, you know, I want to recognize those that work in the sound booth, that work in the media room that work up here on stage, those that work behind the scenes. Um, so can we give all those other people that teach class, give them a round of applause? Yes. You know, this is a team effort, and it's about the kingdom. Amen? Um, this morning, as uh, I was driving here, I came here to the church, and I don't know, if, and thank you to whoever turned on the heat. I don't know if OG&E does it, but I came here this morning to make sure the heat was on so that we weren't cold. Um, it's crazy that you can go from 80s and 90s down to what, the 40s? Oh, my goodness. So, well, as I was driving back home this morning, God just kept laying something on my heart this morning. So... We're going to have a healing service at the end of the service today. I'm going to end a little bit early, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And I would like to sing that song again that we just ended with. But at the end of the service, I'm going to invite you that need healing in your body. Maybe it's mental, spiritual, heart issues. Maybe a family member that you want to stand in for. I'm going to invite at the end of the service to come forward. And then if anybody needs to get saved, oh, I always present the salvation message. I never like to presume that somebody's saved. That's between them and the Lord. Um, real quick, um, I want to read a few scriptures here before we get into our passage of scripture this morning. So um, let me get my clicker here. I forgot. That's men's breakfast. That's LGAG youth. <laughs> He's going to get it for me. Thank you, Rick. I want to read Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. This is when uh, uh, Moses was before God in the burning bush. And in and I've always told everybody, go, go online, go to YouTube. It's called Mountain of Fire, Mountain of Fire. And it's, uh, I, I believe the real Mount Sinai is Jabalaz. It's in Saudi Arabia. They have found the stone. It's got the in, in carvings of calves on it where they set them. They've actually found the forms where they made the metal and everything for the tabernacle. They have found the mountain that looks black on top. I'm sharing all this with you because it's in Saudi Arabia. It's called Jabalaz. You can look it up. Uh, it's Mountain of Fire. Uh, Bob Cornuke does a really good series of it. But this is the same area. They found a bush that's 4,000 years old that I believe was the bush. It's the only juvenile bush that's there. And I honestly believe that was the bush that was on fire. And that's the bush that God revealed himself to Moses. And when he says, what should I tell the Israelites when I come to you? What should I tell them about who you are and, and that I'm the one that you've picked? And he said, God said to Moses, I am who I am. 
This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. That word I am, the Jews today don't even say the name of God. You can even go look this up. I've shared this with you. But on the eastern side of the walls in Jerusalem, the name Yahweh is showing up in Hebrew from right to left out of the weeds on the wall. Did you hear that? This is true. How many of you looked this up already? It's real. You can go look it up too in Jerusalem. There's a word called shin. It's a, it's a, it's a, a phrase for the name God where we get El Shaddai from. And you put that and it is superimposed on Jerusalem and literally God's name is on Jerusalem. And the middle part of that, it's three, it looks like a W. The middle one is right where the temple goes. I'm getting to a point this morning. God said, I am who I am. God is who he is. He was, is, and always will be. Now, in the book of John, Jesus points out seven I am's. Seven I am's. What's the number seven mean? Accomplished. Finished. When Jesus died on the cross, what did he say? It is what? Finished. First one, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will go, never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He says, I am the what? Bread of life. He was born in Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. If you know anything about Jesus, and this will be a great Christmas sermon, I've done it before, but Jesus was actually, they believe, was born in what they call the calving caves for the lambs of the Passover. Some believe that he was actually wrapped in the ephod of old priestly garments in the swaddling cloths. He is the prophet, priest, and king. He says, I am the bread of life. In fact, in that scripture, he says, I'm the bread of life that came down from heaven. It represents the manna that God used to feed the Israelites. That means he's everlasting bread. But he says at the beginning of that, when he says the bread of life, what does he say? I am. What did God say to Moses? I am. What does Jesus say about himself? I am. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What does he say? I am. Am. John 10, 7. Therefore Jesus said again, Verily, verily, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. He's the bread. He's the life. He's the gate. He's the gate by which we enter into heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the what? The life. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Again, he starts with, I am. He is stating that he is what? God. That nothing is impossible with him. That he created all things. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they what? They die. He's the resurrection and the life. I am. John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father 
except through me. And the final one, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Seven times he says, I am. He points to who he is. He is God. I've shared this scripture with you before, but I'm going to read it again. Colossians 1, chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Before we can understand that he's the God that heals, we have to understand who he is. He is the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. There is no problem that you have that he can't handle. There's no sickness that he can't heal. There's no mental problem that he can't cure. There's nothing that he cannot do for you and I. He is all provision. He can do all things. Nothing is impossible with our God. He is the great I am. Now go with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Look in verses 40 through 56. The title of this message, Your Faith Has Made You Well. Luke chapter 8. Verse 40 says, When Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, I have a hard time saying the name. Anyone else have a hard time sometimes saying these biblical names? A ruler of the synagogue came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except for Peter, John, and James, the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is dead. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead, but he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you laid this on my heart this morning. I don't know who needs to be healed, if it's just one person that needs a touch from you this morning. Then it's worth it. 
Father God, I'm your vessel. I can do nothing apart from you. Speak through me. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts and our minds this morning. Help our faith. Lord, as the one dad said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. God, help us to believe that you are a God that loves us. You care for us and you want to heal us. Father, we're reminded that we're not the ones that heal, but you are. We're just required to have faith. The measure of faith that you've given each of us. Father, again, speak through me. Not with eloquence, but with the demonstration of your Spirit's power. Move in our hearts and our minds this morning. I get out of the way so you can speak in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now, it's interesting. I love this chapter. You know, uh, we put the chapters in there. Uh, the writers didn't. And you will see how Jesus talks about a lamp on a stand that cannot be hidden. He talks about how he calmed a storm. How he healed a demon-possessed man. And now he comes to a point where he not only heals a woman with the issue of blood, but he brings a little girl back to life. We read these stories, but how many of us believe that God can do those things? The purpose of looking at those scriptures, I am, means that God can do those things. We need to believe what his word says. So looking in verse 40, it says, Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Verse 41, then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. Moms and dads, us that have children, we would do anything for our kids. They didn't have the medical expertise that we have today. The only person that they could depend on was Christ himself. And so he goes to the only one that has the answer and he runs and he falls out of his knees. How many of us come to Jesus' feet? How many of us fall on our face and say, God, I need your help? And if I'm preaching like an evangelistic preacher this morning, that's just the way it is. Sometimes I'm calm, sometimes I'm a little excited. But he falls at his feet. 1 Peter chapter 5 First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him, for he cares for you. The word anxiety is the word where we get anxiousness or worry. It, its root is in fear. You came in here this morning, maybe you had fear of something. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's an issue with your family members. I don't know what it is, but God knows. Peter says to cast that on the Lord, to throw it at his feet because God cares for you and he cares for me. So Jairus falls at his feet pleading with him to come to his house. Verse 42, as Jesus went on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. I find it interesting that the girl's age is 12 and the woman with the issue of blood was 12. I don't know if there's a significance in it, but it might be something to do a little Bible study on. I just realized that this morning. Verse 43, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. Have you been in a situation where you didn't have the answer? Where the doctors didn't have the answer? Where the financial doctors, I don't know what you would call them, I guess accountants or whatever, didn't have the answer? I guess you could call them doctors. 
Were you ever in a place where you didn't have an answer? And like this woman, there's only one person you go, can go to. Jairus goes to Jesus. This woman with the issue of blood got to a point where nobody could heal her. Verse 44, she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. So she was bleeding for 12 years. She had a problem. It wouldn't go away. And she pressed in. Now understand this. There was lots of people surrounding Jesus at that moment. And she was considered unclean in the Jewish culture. Which means she was not even supposed to be around anybody, uh, let alone a rabbi, a teacher. She, she was an outcast for 12 years. Alone. Nobody around her. Have you ever felt alone? By yourself? Felt like nobody cared about you? Or your situation? That's how she felt. She felt alone. And yet she knew who could heal her. It started with her faith. It started with her desire, her passion. If she could just get to Jesus. Now it's interesting because on the hem of their garments the priests would wear these little tassels and they call them sitsi. It literally meant the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. It literally meant life. If she could just touch the hem of his garment, she was touching life. If she could just touch the word, she would be healed. She reached out. She understood what that meant. If, if I could just touch just the edge of his garment, if I could just get a little bit of Jesus, guys, a little bit of Jesus goes a long way. Have you ever washed your clothes? I've got three little girls. And I like, before I got married, I would separate my whites with my blues. It would take me all day to do my laundry. I get married and my wife's like, I'm not doing that anymore because it takes forever, so she just bunches it together. And you got a little girl that's got a red dress that hadn't been bled yet. And what does it do to your clothes? I could say I honestly have little girls in my house if I'm wearing a pink white shirt. That's what Jesus does. One drop of his blood made you and I clean. The minute by faith we accepted Christ into our life, he washed us clean, as it says, and made us like snow. She knew if she could just touch that word and that life, she would be healed. Twelve years she dealt with that. Sometimes God wants us to get to a point where we give up and let him do it. And that's hard to get our hands off of something. Verse 44, she came up behind him. I like this. She probably inched her way through knowing she was unclean. Everybody knows what the issue of blood is there, right? I'm going to be very careful because we have little ears in here this morning. How many of you, raise your hand real quick, understand what that meant? Okay. I don't want to get into detail. 
You can imagine she's anemic because she's bled so much. She's weak. She's tired. The Jewish custom was that they had to clean themselves. They had to stay away from the rest of everyone else until they were clean. And if she had this issue for 12 years, she was, again, always unclean. She was ostracized from society. How many of us look at other people and think that they're no good? That they're not redeemable? That Jesus can't change them? Can I tell you something? That's exactly where we were before we came to Christ. If you're here this morning and you think you're the worst sinner of all, hallelujah, that's the best place to be. If you think Jesus can't heal you and forgive you, yes, he can. There's not a sin that he can't forgive. Except for blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And we don't even know what that is sometimes. So she reaches out. She presses through the crowd. My mom, when I'd go grocery, uh, Christmas shopping with her, she would swim through the crowds. She was a fast walker. For a short lady, she could outwalk me still today. And she's had a hip replacement done. I've learned when I go shopping with my mom, you better keep up. She pressed through and she would actually swim, literally take her hands. I remember one time, for some of you young ones, Kmart was the big store back in the day. And they'd have the blue light special sale and at Christmas time. And it was so crowded. I remember one time she started just swimming through the crowd. And I went, Mom, you forgot about me. She turned around, grabbed me, and then said, hold on. I believe that's what this lady did. She wanted to get to Jesus. She didn't care what it took. She didn't care what people thought of her. She didn't care how unclean she was. She didn't care what the issue was. She thought, if I could just get to Jesus and touch him, I'll be healed. And even if I can't touch him, if I just touch his garment, I will be healed. Then look what, look what verse 45 Verse 44, it says, immediately the, her bleeding stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. One passage says, Lord, there's a lot of people here. What do you mean who touched you? Listen, God knows when somebody's faith has touched his heart. God knows when you're reaching out to him. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what crowd you're lost in. When you're reaching out to Jesus, he will reach out and touch you. Verse 46, but Jesus said, someone touched me. I know the power has gone out from me. Hallelujah. He is the great I am. He is powerful. He is mighty. He can conquer anything, and he has conquered everything. Jesus conquered everything. Do you know when he did that? On the cross, the greatest miracle of all, the cross. Jesus felt it, verse 47. The woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. She was afraid because she had touched him. She was healed, but she was unclean. So I, felt, I bet you she felt shame over that. I could just imagine the people speaking and jeering at her. She's unclean. And yet 
she was healed. Guys, the enemy will come in and say, you're unclean, but if Jesus has healed you, you're healed. If he saved you, you're saved. If you're washed, you're washed. Then it says, in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had instantly been healed. So she tells the story. She pours out her heart to Jesus. Everybody's standing around hearing this. How many of you have a testimony to share? How many of you keep your testimony to yourself? Can I tell you something? We overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Your testimony is powerful. The one thing the world can't take from you is your testimony. I've shared with you stories of people getting healed. Those are real stories, things that I saw as a child. You remember the one I told you about the eardrum? How that grandparents would bring their grandson back to the prayer room every Sunday and he got healed. He grew brand new eardrums. Or the girl that, whose hand began to grow out. Or the man that was delivered from a demon as a boy. I was sitting in the intercessory prayer room. And a man was demon possessed and he was speaking in a weird language. And it wasn't tongues. Although it could be considered tongues if you didn't know what it was. The man that was praying for him was a professor. And recognized as, as an old Egyptian Hebrew tongue that he had been studying. And the man was cursing God. I was back there when that man got delivered from that demon. And I was a little boy. And he ended up getting saved. That's the God that you and I serve. He is all powerful, almighty. Nothing is impossible for him. And when she touched him, she was instantly healed. And then you look what he says in verse 48. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Whose faith was it? Her faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. You've got to build up your faith. God, some, God has given all of us a measure of faith. You've heard me speak about it. If you come in here this morning saying, I have no faith. Yes, you do. You drove here this morning. I had faith that my car was still going to be working. Went over to Academy Sports the other night. Let me, let me reverse it a little bit. Earlier that day, my wife said, hey, you know, the car wouldn't start out here in the foyer. It was having a hard time starting. So she brings it home. I forgot all about it. I decided, you know what, it's time for me to go get my deer stand. So I'm going to go spend some money and go get, some, go get a deer stand. So I get over to Academy Sports, and she said, take the two young ones with you. <sighs> they had just ate ice cream with chocolate in it, if that gives you any idea. We get over to Academy Sports. I, it's the last one. I pick it up. I go to the cash, cashiers, the checkout stand. I buy it. And I'm thinking, man, why did I spend that money? You ever feel guilty about spending money even though you know you have it? You just don't want to do it because you know something's going to happen. So I get out the car. Maybe that's not faith. But anyway, so I get out to the car. I open up the trunk. I put it in the back of the trunk. I go to start the car and it wouldn't start. Tried it again. So I called Rick. Rick and uh, uh, Sherry. Then they called Jesse, and they came out and jumped my car. But before they came there, I went back to the back of the trunk, grabbed that deer stand, closed the door, took it back in, and returned it. (laughs) 
because I knew I was going to have to get a battery. So I went and got a battery yesterday. As I was getting a battery, I had a chance to witness to the guy. He was pouring out his heart. Listen, you got to share your testimony. Be ready in season and out of season. His name was Jason. He was searching. I knew it was the Lord. So I just shared what I could, when I could. Scattered some seed. Got home. Got out to the car this morning and I prayed. I hope it starts. Guess what? It started. That's faith. It is faith. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Hold your spot here and go with me to James chapter 5. We just shared this the other night on Sunday night. So if you're not here on Sunday nights, you're missing a good series on the book of James. James chapter 5 verse 13. James says, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person what? Well, faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please God, for you must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that earnestly seek him. Faith. How did you get saved? Faith. Did you see it? Did you see him write your name in the Lamb's book of life? No, you just believe it. Some people feel it, some don't. I remember hearing the testimony of Willie George. When he got saved, he went to a James Robinson meeting. He went forward that night, gave his heart to Jesus. He didn't weep, he didn't cry, he just meant it, he believed it. But he looked around and all these other guys were weeping and crying. He thought, well, maybe I didn't get it. So the next night he came forward Gave his heart to Jesus again. For about two years he struggled. Did I really get saved? And then he realized, wait a minute, I never thought about that before I got saved. He led half his football team to the Lord. Guys, it's by faith. Healing is by faith. Deliverance is by faith. God wants you to get that this morning. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I shared this on a Sunday night. The word power there is the word deutimus, where we get the word dynamite, which is the same word used when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power. How many of you guys have been filled with the Holy Spirit? Man, I'd hate to see it go off in here this morning. That's faith. The Holy Spirit connects with your faith and demonstrates that power. Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Let's go back. I'm going to finish it up here. Verse 49, so this woman gets healed. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead. He said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Guys, you are not bothering Jesus. 
He's not bugged by you. Don't ever think that praying to him and praying to him is going to bother him. He loves to hear your voice. I mean, I love to hear my girls' voice. When I get lost in Walmart and my wife leaves me, I'm picking on her. She's back there. I'm serious. That, that happened the other day, by the way, and I'm looking at her. I said, I'm going to the restroom. I come back. She's gone. The rapture happened, and I was left behind at Walmart. And I'm calling, and I forgot she left her phone in the car. We've gotten so dependent on phones. Maybe I should have been mean and gone up to the intercom and said, hey, I've lost my wife. Can you find her? <laughs> but I always know where my wife's at because I can hear my little girls' voices. Jesus loves your voice. He loves you. Look at verse 50. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. He has to tell him, don't be afraid. He was afraid his daughter had died. you got to put the human emotion in. How would you feel if your child had just died and Jesus was held back by a woman getting healed? Put your emotions into there. My child is dead. That's how he felt. Then Jesus tells him, just believe and she will be healed. Notice Jesus says, in order to be healed, you must what? Believe. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Jesus says, stop wailing. This is not real wailing. These, they would hire people to come in and mourn and wail for, the, for, the, for families that had family members that had died. I'm glad we don't do that today. Here, I'll pay you $200. Would you come in here and cry? We didn't really like that person very much, but we need somebody to show glove. I'm, I'm kidding. That's just the way my brain works, right? But they would do that. And, and so that's why Jesus says she is not dead, and he tells them to stop willing. Look what they did, verse 53. They went from crying to laughing at him. They laughed at him knowing that she was dead. With Jesus, nothing's dead. How many of you guys know who Smith Wigglesworth is? He tells lots of stories of people that have come back from the dead that he prayed for. You know, the one story he has, and I've shared this before, but I want to share it again because it's just faith. How many of you guys remember the story that I shared where a baby came and the, the family brought their baby up to him? And it's in the book that I've read of him. He wrote down journals. He'd write down what he did and, this baby wasn't breathing, and God told Smith Wigglesworth to punt the baby. Literally, like in football, you know, punt the baby. So he took the baby and punted it, and it landed on the ground, and it started breathing again and didn't have any problems. Well, his wife had died, and he didn't want his wife to die, so he prayed that she would come back to life. So he stood her up three times and said, in the name of Jesus, come back to life. By the third time she did, and she was mad at him because she had taken her from heaven. <laughs> True story. So with Jesus, nothing is dead. No situation is beyond his reach. No problem is too hard that he can't handle. Verse 54, but he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Notice Jesus doesn't say long prayers. He doesn't say long sentences. Sometimes us preachers can get talking too much or praying too much. He just says, 
Child, get up. Verse 55, her spirit returned. That means it had left her body. At once, as she stood up, then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished. How many of us are still astonished by what God does? And then it says, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Now, I want to watch a clip this morning. Whether you have theological issues with the chosen, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but I want to watch this clip. And then I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And then I'm going to invite you, if you need prayer this morning, to come up for prayer. Would you please show that video real quick? Let's pray. Let's let's pray that it works. Is it working? Come What's going on? Simon's house. We need to get through. Come back. Come back. Our rabbi had a pressing down. It's him. It's your rabbi. Stay here. Our rabbi has a pressing matter ahead. Promise you will come back. She is unclean. We removed her. Please, please. I promise I won't touch him. I, I just need Woman, to... please. We can help you, but not now. Sorry. Try tomorrow. No, please. Just a moment. Just a Everybody back. I asked the question. Who touched me? Master, they all have. Someone touched me. I felt that power went out of me. Whoever touched me. Come forward, teacher. It was me. Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise. You are not unclean. 
Why my garment? I'm sorry. I, I know I should have asked. But if if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. Uh, I was sick. I was sick for 12 years. I bled and, and, and no one could stop it. But, but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> Thank you. Who told you I could heal? Uh, a man from the pool. And he was right. The blood has ceased. My daughter. I'm no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you. But it was instant. I felt it right away. I know, but it wasn't this. It was your faith. Teacher, she was bleeding so low. You turn the lights back on. I wanted to show that clip because it's your faith. I know that's just a TV program, but it's scripture that Jesus wants to heal what's going on. I can't do it. I'm just a vessel. You're just a vessel. He gets the glory, He's the one that can heal. Are you here this morning and you need a touch from God and you want to pray, I'll turn my mic off. I will pray with you in private. Get with Jesus. Come to him. Run to him like she did. She had purpose. She knew that he was the only one that had the answer. So I'm going to invite you at this time, but before I do that, are you here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I have never given my life to Jesus. I'm not saved this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed real quick this morning. Are you here this morning? And you would say, Pastor, I have never given my life to Jesus. I've never surrendered my life. Or maybe you have, but you're not where you need to be in your relationship with Jesus and you need to come back to him. If that's you this morning and you want to get right with the Lord, raise your hand. Everybody's okay. I'm going to ask one more time because I didn't see the hands. Raise your hand if you want to give your life to the Lord this morning. Had two of them raise their hand. Now raise your hand this morning if you need Jesus to do something in your life. Several of you, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith to come down here to the front at this moment as she begins to sing this song. Would you just begin to make your way?
sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you.
nation I see praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you.
Father God, you are a mighty God. I thank you that we have stood to sing praise to you, to honor you. You get the glory. Lord, I pray and I thank you for the things that are going to happen in these lives today. We thank you for healing. We thank you for the things that we haven't seen yet. Lord, it said in, 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 I like the King James Version. Dear Lord, when we speak to that mountain to be picked up and cast to sea, we do not doubt in the heart, but believe what we say, and it shall come to pass. So, Father, we believe for the healing of these people that came forward. Lord, we believe for restoration and deliverance and healing. And, God, all the things that you're going to bring to them, you get the glory, you get the honor, you get the praise. Father, I pray for every single person in here this morning. God, I pray those that didn't come forward that needed prayer, that you would touch them today on their way home. God, I pray that those that needed to be saved this morning, that didn't step forward, that God, in their cars, they would surrender their life. Jesus, I pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to fill their cars. God, I pray as they go into their workplaces, in the places they hang out and where they shop, that people will get saved and healed and set free. God, I pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to fall in this place. Bring revival. Do what only you can do, God. We give you the glory. We give you the honor, and we give you the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Thank you for being here this morning. If you still need prayer, I'm here to pray with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Stay warm.